<laughs> Speaking of uh, my body hair, I received an amazing compliment today. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll come back. It'll for full circle. Hold on. Okay. Hagrid was apparently um, showing my picture to some people at his work. And one of them said that I look like a really good drag queen. Hey. I am very pretty with masculine features, which I know about myself. So I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. I just remembered that you gave us a sneak peek about what we're going to be talking about. This I, week. I did. I did too. I just <laughs> looked at that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Well, ADD. Squirrel. There goes my planned introduction. I mean, sorry. No, sorry. <clears throat> uh, so how's everybody doing this week? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? It's doing great. So I spent time with my parents. We talked about the podcast. You guys want to talk about the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm scared. No, it'll be good. It'll be really good. I actually have a lot of opinions on this uh, uh, best-selling book of all time. <laughs> <laughs> have it the ready. Bible gets the ladies' strange approval. <laughs> Can we sell Bibles? Would that be sacrilegious? Like, yes. Yes, it would be sacrilege. <laughs> Wait, what? Which question were you answering, Ashley? The sacrilege. The sacrilege, which I'm all for. <laughs> So. <laughs> so technically, yes. It's like in Parks and Rec, the Joan approved books. It's just a giant sticker of the ladies of strange on the yes. Bible. Yes. I mean, it's like our faces here? doing the two thumbs up. <gasps> we could have them like, um, who's it? Siskel and Ebert that do the thumbs. Yeah. So like we could have one with like all of us doing thumbs up, all of us doing thumbs down, each of us doing one up, one down. And that could be how we yeah. rate the books. Absolutely. And if there's one where you both have your thumbs down and mine are up, you know it's hella raunchy and you should probably not read it. <laughs> or do. Some people are into that sort of stuff. You know, like some people are into the Bible. <laughs> oh. oh my God. <laughs> well, so much for my parents being able to listen to this episode. Sorry. No, it is. It is. Uh, I actually have a lot of opinions on the Bible and contrary to popular belief, like a majority of them are good. I personally haven't read it, so can't say much. I read, so, okay, real quick. Sorry, I'm like hijacking. My parents' church has this thing where in their pamphlets are the things that you get every week that tells you the, itinerary. The they bulletin? Have, that's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Good job. They have a section where it's like, read the Bible through in a year, and it gives you your readings for the week, and I've done that. So I've read the full Bible. Congrats. Yeah. I'm you sure have, I probably have at some point. You have that achievement sticker that I don't. Because oh. numbers is ugh. achievement unlocked. I didn't say Rebecca I enjoyed it like or liked numbers. It. <laughs> okay, in the Bible, there's this book called Numbers, and all it is is genealogy, and it's X begot Y begot Z begot Alpha begot Beta. That's the entire freaking book, and it is the it best way to fall asleep, like right up your alley. Numbers. All right, and today, letters. Today we're talking about Moses. Oh. Moses. Okay, I know this story. I know him. Okay, so it's unclear exactly what year the Israelites became slaves in Egypt, but we do know that it started when Joseph, mm -hmm. yep, the multi-technicolor dream coat Joseph, that one. <laughs> 
she's speaking our language. She's speaking Ashley language now. It was when Joseph was working for Akhenaten. Akhenaten. Fuck, I knew how to say this. Shouldn't curse during the Bible (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that a precursor? Is that a warning to me? Akhenaten. There we go. Akhenaten. I saw the movie. It's fine. Um, (laughs) The land was under a seven-year famine at the time, and thanks to Joseph's planning, Egypt was not falling victim to this tragedy. When I say Egypt, I mean like the the nation or like the the, what the pharaoh ruled over at that time because i'm not 100 percent sure the geology okay sweden switzerland um <laughs> it was during this time the nation of israel came to egypt because joseph decided to take in his family but that's a whole nother story sometime between then and moses the egyptians decided to enslave israel but that's not why we're here right now technically sort of but isn't it (laughs) a little bit so the israelites which started as a minority were growing at a number that frightened the pharaoh so he ordered the death of all infant hebrew sons (gasps) oh no so moses's mother didn't want that to happen (laughs) you don't say so she stuck baby moses in a waterproof basket and And let him go in the nile yeah pretty much bye felicia yeah so moses who was eventually found in the reeds by the then pharaoh's daughter queen mithra moses was raised in the royal household he lived there until in a fit of rage he killed a slave driver when the slave driver was observed beating an israelite so moses fled became a shepherd a burning bush told him to go back and free his people and so it goes uh-huh the end i'm on board i have i followed so far so my Not. references for this passage is the prince of egypt roughly four years of awana and eight summers of ebs <laughs> it's like ingrained in me i just know this story so i like how you said between this and Joseph. That's how I want people to refer to any time frame that happens between whatever point in 87. (laughs) Where it's like between this and Ashley. Between Jesus and Ashley. (laughs) Quite the year of our Lord and in the year of our Ashley. Um, (laughs) Yes. Glad you guys are catching on. Oh, yes. I'm already there. (laughs) When Moses was in Egypt freeing his people, the current pharaoh was Ramses II, who ruled from 1279 to 1213 BC, which was recently changed to BCE. And I don't remember what that's before the common era. Before chickens entered. Yes. Yeah. All right. Chickens. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who haven't listened to Mirths and Monsters. (laughs) So, Ramses II started his rule in Thebes, which is roughly 500 miles south of the Mediterranean, the ruins of which lie within Luxor, common-day Luxor. During his rule, Ramses relocated the capital of Egypt to the eastern delta and named it Pi-Ramses. This would be the location historians believe the plagues took place. <gasps> Guess the what? frogs. What? Like frogs. frogs. Oh, I thought you said the fox. I'm like, there's no foxes like here. The fox Y'all, I'm already so confused, and this is why I don't read the Bible. <laughs> I didn't say I understood it. I just said I read it. I try to give a little bit of background so we can understand why we're here. So basically, Moses fled. Burning Bush told him to go back and free the people. He said, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh said, nah, brah. And <laughs> Moses said, okay, fine. Lord, do your thing. And that's how we got the 10 plagues. I yes. love you, Tiffany, but she might have to step in as the godparent and you can handle the guide part, okay? So she can be like, bush caught on fire. Shit was, stuff was crazy. Dang it. Do I really have to watch my language during the Bible? We'll, we'll, we'll try. Ish got whack. Ish got whack. 
These predators about to go insane, <laughs> right? <laughs> the predators got more. Oh, hold up, that uh, reference. I remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> so the first plague turned the Nile to blood. Exodus seven verses seventeen through eighteen. Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the water that is in the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it will be turned to blood. The fish that are in the Nile will die, and the Nile will become foul. The Egyptians will find difficulty in drinking water from the Nile. <laughs> yes. So, for those of you who don't know who the what the Nile is... Every, Wait, everyone knows who the Nile okay. is... What is that? <laughs> the first stage of grief. Yes. <laughs> If you don't recognize the Nile, you are in denial. Um, <laughs> so the Nile runs through Egypt and into Africa with a length of 4,160 miles, roughly 22% of which is in Egypt, which is 915.2 miles, roughly. Quick question. Answer. You said it runs from Egypt through Africa, right? Through Egypt and into Africa. And I realized it actually flows the opposite direction because it flows into the Mediterranean. Well, also, Egypt is in Africa. That was my way of saying it flows from Egypt to like the or like from the countries below Egypt into the Mediterranean. Got it. Because in my mind, I was like, that'd be like saying it flows from Georgia into the United States. Because, oh, wait, that's a bad example because there is a country named Georgia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anything that flows that far. Yeah. So Exodus seven twenty one documents that the fish in the Nile died. It stank so bad that the water could not be drunk and that there was blood basically everywhere. So like us once a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even upset that that comment, that was really good. But when I said that anything that flows that far, I had a period thought in my head too. Because I was like, ah, oh, PCOS. We, we can't. But- Talk about a river turning into blood without having period And smelling you. like fish. You right? might need to have that checked. Or ha- a shower. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so happy with this. Um, so I initially broke these down into what if and scientific theory, and that just kind of degrades over time. But luckily for the blood part, we still have this order Rebecca tried to set. So what if, if the Nile actually turned into blood? The Nile discharges <laughs> at roughly 49,000 cubic feet per second in Cairo. That's roughly 135.7 miles from Alexandria, which is by the delta that feeds into the Mediterranean Sea. Blood has a viscosity of roughly... Oh my god, I love you so much! <laughs> lovely three to four centipos. <laughs> what is that? I... <laughs> It's, how, it's a way to measure viscosity. So for those of you who don't know, viscosity measures like how resistant a liquid is to flow. For example, molasses in winter has a high viscosity. It doesn't want to flow. Molasses in the summer, great on cornbread. Continue. I never thought I'd enjoy the Bible episode this much. Okay, so blood has a viscosity of roughly three to four centipodes, <laughs> while water has roughly 0.890. So yes, viscosity decreases with increasing temperature. But considering we're in the desert, I got the closest comparison I could, which was roughly around 25 degrees centigrade. Centigrade? Celsius, centigrade, tomato, tomato. Okay, because I was like, fuck, we need a new Jonas brother, because I don't <laughs> got that one. <laughs> Oh, Kelvin sorry. and centigrade. Darn it. We need a new Jonas. Oh. Hey, 
this is assuming water setting the parameters because it is actually water. (laughs) 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 The Nile typically runs at four knots, which is roughly 4.6 miles per hour. To completely replace the water in the section of the Nile in Egypt would take roughly 904 hours or 37 days if it was water. So a month, okay, roughly. It wasn't 28 days, like the average cycle. So you're telling me that he could turn water into wine and blood? Por que no les dos? Porque, I, mean, I mean, you're about to tell us. Wait, I, I mean, we are told that the, the wine is the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's why you drink so maybe, wine at communion. Maybe the Nile turned into wine. Then the Egyptians would have probably been happier about this event. But they couldn't drink it, so they were sad. Pretty much. When I rewrite my history books, <laughs> I will include this. Okay, so that's not taking into account how quickly blood coagulates. <laughs> <laughs> Which varies between two to eight minutes. But, but oh, in the hot desert? Oh, no. No, but wouldn't it? No, in the hot desert, it would happen faster. It would happen faster? Because I was thinking, like, in our bodies, it's roughly 98 degrees. But it doesn't not coagulate in our bodies because the temperature is because it's constantly flowing. flowing. Doesn't a river flow? I didn't look into that because, like, it, there's more going on in your body than just the flow of blood, okay? Got it. <laughs> I what? Next point is so within a couple of minutes the Nile would slow down significantly. Sort of like how when your period's ending and it's not really. Oh my god. So yes. It would just be spotting. Right. Spotting denial. This- <laughs> <laughs> We're not even through the first play, guys. This is amazing. I'm well aware. We're living it. <laughs> okay, Bible. Are I'm you guys re- in VBS? Are you guys ready for the science? Yes, I'm going to keep uh, these thoughts to myself like I did when I was forced to go to vacation Bible school. So, towards the end of Ramses II reign, the climate was believed to have changed from a more tropical climate to a dry desert-like one. It's this change that is believed to have triggered a bloom of burgundy blood, an algae that is red in appearance. Wasn't there recently an outbreak of that somewhere? Probably. If you Google it, you can see like pictures of outbreaks of it in lots of places. It's I pretty was, cool. It's kind of scary. So, scientifically known as... Planktothrix rubicens. Get it, girl. This algae protects itself from being eaten by producing toxins and, while blooming, uses up an incredible amount of oxygen to a point at which fish drown. Yes, that's the correct term. Shush, Ashley and Tiffany. Fish drown? Oh, because they're... I got it. I got it. They don't, like, suffocate. They just drown. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) But wouldn't it technically be suffocation because they'd run out of oxygen? Not drowned because they wouldn't take in the water. She said it was the <clears throat> correct term. Yes, that's the correct term. Shush, Ashley and <laughs> Tiffany. But but is it? Both end with the Nile being unusable. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about the second plague, which is frogs? No. Yes. What the fuck is wrong with frick, frickin' it? Jesus. Ah! No, you can't <laughs> use his name in vain I in this episode. <laughs> Exodus 8, 1 through 4, and the Lord spoke to Moses. I got it right last episode. Sorry. I'm really happy about that. Go. It was your episode. Congrats. I know, but I didn't think I had that Bible verse right. (laughs) So, and the Lord spoke to Moses. Go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your territory with frogs. So the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house, into your bedroom, on your bed, into the houses of your servants, on your people, into your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come up on you, on your people, and on all your servants. Ashley threw her headphones <laughs> across the room. 
So as far as I can tell, the most common frog to the area was the Sclerophrys regularis, uh-huh. a.k.a. the African toad, a.k.a. the Egyptian toad. No idea if this is the actual frog that was present during this time. This is just the one that's there now. But the male measures from 2.44 to 3.63 inches in body length, and the female measures 2.76 to 5.11 inches in body length. So these are pretty big frogs. Oh, I was just thinking that's not very big. And they're, they're frogs. There's lots of them. Okay. So what if this actually happened? So many frogs. <laughs> Uh, at this point ashley has left the building is there a bingo spot for a host quitting the show (laughs) there's one for hosts being uncomfortable check so scientific theory some scientists believe that the bloom of algae triggered massive amounts of frogs what algae i don't like it (laughs) so tadpoles became stressed when their environment environment quickly changed so they hatched. The toxic water caused them to leave the Nile and go on land. The word for frog was used for frogs and to- toads interchangeably, but that still means frogs are laying thousands of eggs at once. With the predators becoming more and the predators, <laughs> a.k.a. the fish, dying, the predators became really more. <laughs> Ashley, I wish you guys could see her face right now. She looks like she's about to barf. <laughs> So the next couple, we're going to move on quickly before Ashley just like quits the show. Or Ralph's all over the soundboard. The next couple ones roll together. So we have lice and gnats, followed by flies, followed by livestock, followed by boils. I'm not going to bore y'all with the verses since it's kind of self-explanatory. Do you have a question, Tiffany? I have a question. What's the question? You had no mention of raining frogs. It's fine. Really? We, we didn't. That's not what the verse said. It just said there's going to be a lot of frogs. And they're going to But come, if it was uh, raining, there would still be a lot. So I'm just going to throw my... rain in the desert. Shut up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to like slide my business card over and be like, hey, insert my last topic. So rolling together yes, three sorry. through six. Okay. Three through six. Let's which, go. Which, again, is lice flies livestock and boils in that order with the frogs being exposed to the arid climate despite greatly reproducing they eventually died allowing other predators lice gnats flies to become more More. (laughs) bugs carry diseases and some such as mosquitoes can transmit these diseases to humans and livestock there were bugs everywhere and people were sick and livestock was dying fantastic yeah and that sounds terrible up next, we have hail. Hail. Ooh. Hail. Oh, hail. Oh, Wait. hail. H-A-I-L or H-E double hockey stick? H-A-I-L. Nope. Hail. Ex- <laughs> Exodus 9, 22 to 23. <laughs> then oh, no. the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt. Apparently, I'm Southern, and I can't say that with a straight face. That um, there might be Hail. Hail. On man, on beast, and on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his rod towards heaven. And the Lord sent thunder and hail. (laughs) And fire darted to the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So apparently there is hail and raining fire. And you are so southern. (laughs) Thunder and hail. (laughs) Stretch your hand out to the heavens. Rod. (laughs) We, we got the giggle about the what stretching if, rods. Okay, so what if this actually happened? Um, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's what if. So the science behind this, instead of just saying, ah! Yes. 
please. Um, there's evidence of a volcano in Santorini, which is closer to Greece than, than it is Egypt, erupting around this time. However, it's recorded as one of the most violent eruptions in history. An eruption More so than Pompeii? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, but it's it fine. said Sorry. one of them. That's I wasn't fine. thinking of Pompeii at this time. Well, also, you have to take into account population. Yeah, at the time, because if it wasn't a highly populated area, it could have been just as bad of an eruption, just not involving so many people. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) However, it's recorded as one of the most violent eruptions in history. An eruption like this would cause the fire and hail to, I can't say that word, (laughs) behavioral. Fire and hail. Fire and brimstone. Fire and hail. Fuck. You're saying it correctly. It just sounds real country. (laughs) So... Stuff coming from the sky, seen during the plagues. <laughs> Fire and ice. But pumice was identified as coming from Saren Torini was unearthed in Egypt, which is a link it, Rebecca is skeptical about. Pumice? What yeah. pumice? A type what? of stone. It's also what you use to get the calluses off your feet. No, that's what I was thinking. And I was like, why would that have any but type of I stone? Think it com- it. Well, and I think it comes from dried lava. Yeah. It, it, oh, okay. It's what creates it. It does. So the reason I'm skeptical about it is because throughout history, stuff can be transported. But I did find some links saying like this is something they found geographically. Is that the right word? Geologically? Mm-hmm. No, no, geographically. geographically. Like they found it in where it's supposed to be in the stratified stone, whatever. I That's not what I studied. I studied engineering. Statics. Yep. <laughs> How's that helping you right now? So after that one... <laughs> We have locusts. Yes. Exodus 10, 4 through 5. If you refuse to let my people go, if it hasn't, you know, clued you in, Pharaoh has said no seven times now. Um, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory and they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth and they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains to you from the hail. And they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. Eat so the frogs. Swarms of locusts aren't entirely uncommon in Africa. These flying buggers are about as big as your finger, didn't specify which finger, and can swarm in masses of up to 150 million locusts per square kilometer. Do not do the math to figure out how many square miles it is, but uh, it's 150 million locusts. That's too many. So we have locusts around here. I'd say they're a little bit bigger than a finger. They're talking about the katydids? Yeah. They're not that big. They're like thumb size. That's a big bug. That's a... No. Okay, we'll go with finger. You're talking about cicadas. Yeah. No, they're like thumb. Cicadas are not locusts. Leave my fat thumbs alone. (laughs) (laughs) Rude. Moving on. These swarms can cover an area of 60 by 40 kilometers and can travel up to 150 kilometers a day. So these guys are devastating. Something this massive needs a food source, which is why locusts are notorious for wrecking havoc on crops. One source found stated that a swarm can destroy enough crops that could feed up to 2,500 people. Wow. wow. How quickly? It did not say. But that's still impressive. That's a lot. Interesting Makes note. Me think of Bugs Life. They're like, bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. Interesting note. While swarms of locusts seem to be a regular occurrence, think 100-year flood plain in Georgia, which I realize might be something that's colloquial and not a lot of people understand. We often refer to a 100-year flood plain as something that doesn't flood all that often. So my research typically pointed to Western Africa and less so much Northern Africa, a.k.a. Egypt, during my research. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It just seemed to me less likely to happen in Egypt. 
I am probably wrong. Well, no, my thought on this and which which plague are we on right now? Seven? Eight. Eight. Locusts. My thought on that is things tend to what's it called? Oh, what's that? Murphy's law when thing one bad thing like if something's gonna go wrong, mm-hmm. if there's a chance for it, it will. Yep. If you've got all of this stuff going on, why not throw in a few more locusts? Why not throw in this? <laughs> so like I could see it happening. And the whole time you're talking about this, all I can think about right now is our I was just about to say, ma'am, we are like, in a global pandemic. Let's not throw in the why nots right now, okay? We'll come back to the pandemic at the end. So let's pretend Rebecca cut that conversation. <laughs> However, it is argued that the climate left after the eruption of Saran Torini created an environment hot and humid that was conducive to a bunch of flying hungry swarms. Are we ready for a drink break? Yes. Uh, Yes, actually. Wine anybody? Of course. Cool. I'll grab some water. Oh, you good. I'm not Jesus. (laughs) I will give it a shot. Let's do it. It turns into blood. Well, hello, my friends. This is CK from the Mirths and Monsters podcast. Join me, my companion Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat Ray as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine. Are trolls really that thick? Or is it just bad press? Are leprechauns really drunken bums? Sort of. But there's a lot more to find out. All you need to do is tune in to Mirths and Monsters podcast with me and Finn. Till next time, slancha your good health. And we're back. We're back. And I have red wine running nose. Yay. We have red wine, which means either we had red wine in the house or one of us. Is uh magical? No. What's the right word for it? Holy? Omnipotent? Omnipotent. You don't necessarily need to be. Jesus wasn't omnipotent, wasn't he? He was. God was. Yeah. I I don't know. I just researched the 10 plagues. Let's move on to number nine. <laughs> okay. Which is darkness. Woo. So Exodus 10, 21 through 22 said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. This is where the timeline, scientifically speaking, can start to fall apart. In the Bible, these plagues happen sequentially after Ramses II stealed his heart and would not let the people go. (gasps) Watch Prince of Egypt. It does a really good job. It's theorized that due to the massive volcano, there is tons of ash and debris in the sky. This debris can block the sun and given enough of it can give the illusion of nighttime. This darkness in some (laughs) cases can last years, but also happens almost immediately. So my question is, if this happens almost immediately and the explosion is what caused number seven, where does the locust fall into this? Because we're on number nine. So it's hail and fire, locust, darkness. If the darkness was caused by a volcanic explosion... That also caused the hail and fire. Why? When did locusts happen and why did it happen before the darkness? So the locusts, you said that the locusts could have been there because of the ash or was that something else? 
yes and no. It's argued that the eruption caused a change in the climate, thus causing the swarm of locusts. Oh, so that Maybe. definitely would have happened before or after the darkness. That's what I'm wondering. Maybe they got the plagues out of order. Maybe it was like it was dark for three days, which threw off everything, which caused the locusts to move in. And see, that was my question. It's like, because you have the whole, yeah, follow the Bible word for word. And then you have the scientific, because like this happened thousands of years ago, guys. We just, we don't know. Yeah. We know what the Egyptians wrote down and we can look at the ground around it to get a really good idea. But ultimately, we don't know. And also, if it was really dark for three days, they wouldn't have been able to see to write. So, you know, things could have gotten (laughs) fuzzy in three days. Well, so here's my thought on this. When this all was taking place, by the time it was written down, was passed down by oral tradition. So the chances of thousands of years going by and them getting a couple things in the wrong order... You are correct. Lots of things were passed on through oral tradition, but we've continually been uncovering Egyptian artifacts and we're discovering more and more of Egyptian history. Yeah, but it still doesn't change the fact that things could have been a little out of order for this. True. When this was written. Anyway, it's theorized that due to the massive volcano, there is tons of ash and debris in the sky. This debris can block the sun and given enough of it can give the illusion of nighttime. This darkness in some cases can last years, but it also happens almost immediately. Okay, so if it lasts for years or has the potential to last for years, Mm -hmm. the locusts could have come during that time frame and then they could have talked about "Mm, it's been out of order three days. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. It's one of those things where like science had a really good explanation everywhere up to this point and then it just kind of like fell apart. Maybe Um, the locusts came at the same time. Well, according to the theory that the volcano would have changed the climate, it would have taken time for that to happen for the locusts to get there. It's fine. But also... I'm about to ask a real stupid question, so sorry, guys. There are no stupid questions. We have proved that wrong many times. (laughs) The length of day used in the Bible changes over time. It's not always necessarily what we consider a day. But by the time this was all happening, we're using the standard measure of a day, correct? What's the question? So throughout (laughs) the Bible... A day hasn't always been 24 hours. Yeah, throughout the Bible, the length of a day, that time frame has changed drastically. What I have understood that to mean is like sunrise, sunset. Okay. Whether or not that is still 24 hours is up for debate. Okay. But, you know, sun up, sun down. My interpretation of it. And the time frame we're talking about, how long BCE? 1200s? Yeah, so 1200 BCE, This we've already set the established standard of... Roughly 24 hours for a day, correct? I have no idea. I it's not years at a time, what we would consider years now. Because if I am correct in what I'm remembering, and there's a good chance I'm not, in the Old Testament early on, they talk about, you know, the creation of the earth within seven days. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of debate about whether it was seven 24-hour days or, you know, what we would now consider years at a time. But Different discussion for a different Bible-based Ladies of Strange episode. <laughs> Ashley's looking at us with wide eyes. Ashley's <laughs> like, I might oh, need to wait, There's more. Ooh, another quick question. Is Exodus in uh, New or Old Testament? Old okay. Testament. Got it. I have so many questions going through my head that like I couldn't possibly put out in a formatted format. <laughs> in a structured format. Well, likely. So just carry on. We have the final plague, which is the death of the firstborn. 
Exodus 11, 4 through 7. Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of the Pharaoh, who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant, who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue, against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Yes, they did mark the doorways with blood. The Israelites did. Yes. No, I, I get that. Um, My question is, like, I know in the story there is... I know drastic measures have to be taken because, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, nine plagues and they're still not doing it. But like, dude, not all the Egyptians were assholes. So like, why kill their babies? But I I know drastic measures have to be taken. At the same time, Moses ended up where he is partly because Egypt did. Yeah, they killed all the Hebrew babies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying it's right. No, we're not saying it's right at all. But it's kind of like full circle almost anyway okay. we're gonna there's a lot of not alliteration fuck what is the word or uh, fudge what is the word i'm looking for <laughs> i i don't know whatever so, so the science i'll yell it out later <laughs> so this is kind of where all scientific explanation just kind of falls apart um one theory i found stated that this plague could have been caused by a fungi in the grain and since the firstborn male would eventually become the head of the family blah 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 patriarchy there would have <laughs> sen- they would essentially be fed more than the other children if they ate more of the fungi they were more likely to basically succumb to the effects which in this case was death and not pink elephants Ah, so this wouldn't be a Salem witch trial thing. This would just be death. Uh, same mechanism, but yeah, death. Yeah, no, no. but yeah, death. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, this still doesn't account for the fact that the firstborn who were infants at the time and weren't eating the grain who also died because, you know, they're still being breastfed. But given the fact that the entire environment just kind of went to hell around the Egyptians, it's not a stretch to assume that infant mortality was higher during this time. Huh. So an interesting note, because like one of the questions I had was, so, okay, firstborn, the guy who becomes Pharaoh is typically the firstborn of the guy before him, who's Mm -hmm. his father. Ramses II had a brother, which is a name that starts with N and I cannot pronounce, so I will not. Who was a few years older, but died. So if the death of the firstborn applied to everyone, Ramses II would not have been included on that list. Ooh. I'm so like... I've been transported back to frogs at this point. <laughs> well, my thought on this is, did they have a census back then? So, I have no idea. Like, how would they know that the firstborn died for each Egyptian family? Or... The wailing probably gave it away. Well, God I mean, you're not going to... these things. Um, you're not going to, like, go through and be like, ma'am, are you wailing because your firstborn died? Or are you wailing because, you know, we're in the midst of a famine and your child died or your husband just passed away? Or There's no way to know that it was the firstborn of every Egyptian family and not the Israelite family. And But also look at it this way. This also means Ramses' son died, which could have been enough in and of itself to let 
the Israelites go. Let my people go. So that's the 10 plugs in some science. I like it. Some of it that doesn't really explain anything, but we're get, we have a conclusion. Oh, okay. Because I have thoughts. Yes. Uh, we're perfect. not here to defend whether or not this actually happened. The purpose of this research was to dive into the science of something Rebecca has learned about since she was a child. Even though we can look back and see a chain of events that explains why this happened, it's definitely odd that they were all predicted by a dude with the staff who was shouting at the current pharaoh. <laughs> and that's Moses. And yeah, and definitely eerie that they all happened when the dude said they would. So I have thoughts on that. Is it okay for me to go ahead and start telling them or should I wait a little bit longer? Let's wait until I finish my spiel for Perfect. the conclusion and then we can have a lively debate about it that I may or may not cut shorter. But Perfect. <laughs> So, however, there is scientific evidence of a volcanic eruption happening during the time of Moses, parentheses, yay, geology. Um, <laughs> there's also evidence showing that people suddenly left Pi Ramses, indicating that what was once a prosperous city suddenly wasn't. Speculation includes maybe Mother Nature made a point to man at the time that they shouldn't live there, or maybe suddenly the city's labor left, completely upsetting their economy. Oh, that would do it. So timelines are muddy, partially because it was a long time ago, and also partially because tweeting and hieroglyphics on a wall took a really <laughs> long time. <laughs> Open parentheses, I'm being funny. The literacy rates were lower, and the Egyptian language wasn't exactly easy to write. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> all in all, there's an awful lot of coincidence. Absolutely, there is. And that's my closing statement. There's a lot of coincidence. No, I like it. So the Bible was written many years after this, correct? Yes. So would it be possible for them to take these things that these oral traditions they've heard and all of these stories and write something that goes along with the events of history versus instead of saying like hey we heard that this guy said a b and c they could have heard like hey a b and c happened and there was this one story of this guy and they're like ah oh, that lines up really well with our theology and i'm not saying that's what happened but i am saying that after many thousands of years it's a possibility that instead of taking all of these stories from oral tradition, they took the stories and said, these are the things that line up with what we believe. These are the things that we have proof of happening and they fit in with the story we are trying to tell and present a very good picture, which actually Old Testament did not present a kind picture, but fit no. along with the story that we are trying to present. So... Yes, it could have been someone writing down oral history, but one of the arguments that goes against that is there is a God and he divinely led people to write things down a certain way. So this answer doesn't really answer your question. I yeah. am giving the like the, Christian answer yeah, to it. The, the answer the, that the Christian community yeah. usually gives. So like the people who wrote it down were led to write it down a specific way. Absolutely. And Is I've, that scientifically, you know, viable? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I will say I do appreciate the artistry of the book, if that's a, one way to say it. Mm -hmm. um, it's fascinating. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot of alliteration. There's a lot of deeper meaning in everything. And it's really fascinating to read through. Mm -hmm. But as a non-believer, I see it as a work of fiction. 
it's kind of like a historical historical fiction book like you take actual events that happened and bend them to your story yeah or make them work with your story and i can see a lot of that in the bible but i could also see an easy way to believe it if that is what you were raised or if that is what you truly believe i could see how it would align with that and see and there's nothing wrong with deciding to believe this no absolutely not but hot take you have to be open to discussing it and you have to be open to discussing the possible like the events that we have that we know have actually happened and discussing like the scientific parts behind it yes i realize miracles blah 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 they defy (laughs) science and whatever but like at the same time even if you believe something happened you have to be open to discussing the science behind it the science that does or doesn't support it absolutely and i think you do a really good job of that and i appreciate that because it's fun to talk about and it's fun to uh figure out like okay did this really happen is this something that's viable i like it. i think it's fascinating oh it's a it was a lot of fun to research oh good i'm just still really disappointed that you didn't talk about raining frogs but you know what that's fine i'm just bitter Okay. We had enough frog discussion. That is one thing I can contribute to this conversation. I tried to keep it short. You did. You did a good job. (laughs) Okay. We got to talk about a lot of blood, though. Uh, Not enough, but it's fine. I am still curious about the coagulation depending on the heat and all that and it i'm yeah. really grossed out by it but now all i can picture is a giant scab where the nile was See, that was that was my question because i don't know enough about blood and i don't know because like there's a couple things that were black magic when i went to school fluid dynamics was one of them and i have no <laughs> idea how rivers like because like i can like look up the average speed of the nile that doesn't tell me anything because you have like pools and stuff that doesn't that don't move all that fast and then like big wide sections that move really quickly like how quickly would it take to actually flush all the blood from the Nile if it was full of blood? Would it just be limited to Egypt? Would it be the entire umpteen thousand miles that I mentioned before that I can't remember the exact number of? Like I like the the algae and the bacteria one though. I, I started looking into something about that but got quickly distracted. And see if I remember correctly, so at the time Moses was performing there was the ten plagues, but before that he did like one or two things in front of the Pharaoh to like I guess prove his legitimacy uh-huh. and these are things that the pharaoh's magicians were able to reproduce one of which was also the turning of the Nile into blood so grain of salt there no I mean that actually to me says that they knew that the algae would work to turn it into a red form that something that would give the illusion of blood so I have no doubt that a lot of these things did happen. My disbelief comes whenever you start assigning it to certain religious views. And see, so. it's automatically a touchy subject yeah. because oh, like that's the whole definition of faith is you have to believe without necessarily having evidence. But then at the same time, you also have to dive into the stories and explain why they actually happen. And then if you don't have the concrete evidence as to why they actually happened, why do you believe in this stuff? Like you don't yeah. have the evidence. So like... I watched this and again it was only one video and I'm not an expert in this in any way shape or form but I did think it was fascinating I watched this video on how you know how some people don't hear their thoughts or some people can't visualize an apple in their mind like the way our brains work is very different Mm -hmm. there's some 
some kind of study or something that pointed to people who are able to visualize on their own versus those who can't and how likely they are to be religious and how likely they are to be uh, how likely they are to question these things Mm -hmm. and there was a correlation but again it was one video i watched on youtube i am not an (laughs) anti-vaxxer who believes everything i see so (laughs) it's fine well that statement (laughs) escalated quickly don't take it back you good ash yeah, I, I, I'm trying real hard not to offend anybody. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Because that was something I was kind of hoping, like, I wanted to present this and, like, address, like, both the faith side and the scientific side in, like, as non-biased of a way as I could. Because no matter who you are, you, you, you have a bias towards this stuff. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I think it's fascinating. And I think even if whether you're a believer or a non-believer, like you said, it's good to look at these things critically and see whether or not they have any backing to them or whether or not they're stories that are made up to point you in the right direction on how to live your life. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that is made to or is told a certain way to present a picture to help point you in the right direction and that's not necessarily a bad thing but there is some stuff in there that you're like oh that I don't know if that could actually happen but I get the bigger picture so it's good to look at it and see like is this even feasible and we did discuss that a little bit in one of our patreon bonus episodes that we released right before quarantine so like in March mm-hmm. where we we redived in the flat earth and discussed oh yeah some of the theology behind it because that's a whole nother thing but if you're interested in it it's available for like all levels of Patreon because we needed a little bit of like not important ridiculousness during the time <laughs> of ridiculousness and then we got into a theology theology right? discussion we did in the middle of a flat earth discussion so who saw that coming anyway <laughs> So that's the p- 10 plagues, guys. Um, I don't know. I just like the main thing that keeps popping in my head is like all of that stuff seems so sci-fi-y. And like I said, my personal beliefs and personal whatever against the Christian community is a lot of like how people I know have been treated by them because of certain things. Yeah. And it's like I look at stories like that from the Bible and how they seem like they could have been like a plot from any sci-fi yeah. movie. And like, I don't even know how to phrase it. No, I see. Like, I understand what you're saying, but we're also currently living through a plot of a sci-fi movie. I I understand that, but like, that's to me, Mother Nature. Yeah, it's not God. And see, and that's the interesting thing I found when I was doing my research. It was like, okay, this could have happened. This could have happened. Oh, by the way, volcano, which could have caused like eight out of the ten plagues. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that's what I was saying hmm. about like taking real events and kind of bending them to fit what or not bending them, molding them to fit your story, which I'm not saying is what happened. But that is something that people do. And that was thousands of years ago. So oral tradition being passed down. And also in the Bible, you have a quote unquote crazy man running around saying that God is doing all this stuff and that he's smiting the world. But nowadays you have somebody running out on the streets doing this stuff and they're batshit crazy and they're shunned and they're cast aside. I don't know. I just, I, well, I think as long as we're able to have like healthy discussions surrounding it, that is, I don't want to say that's where we're all winners. Well, no, <laughs> but it's... like it's incredibly important both to like whether or not you believe that it's incredibly important to have healthy discussions and to like 
dig into the details and hash it out a little bit. Yeah. My mine's just purely emotional. And I know a lot of people don't agree with having feelings based on emotion. So I try to keep them. Well, like also hot take, even from people who grew up in the church, still are in the church or not still in the church. They do have a lot of the same emotions for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So lots of salt. And there's definitely. And I have lots of wounds. from poison ivy that apparently god created for some reason (laughs) it is literally a fuck you plant yes why why would jesus do that but (laughs) no but i i do think like you said it's good to have these discussions and there are i'm not saying that all churches or i can't even speak to any other religions because christianity is the only one that i've had actual interaction with I've never been to a mosque or a uh, temple or anything like that. So I wouldn't know. But a lot of them are changing their tune on these things. And seeing this as like you have to treat it as a story meant to tell a bigger picture than, you know, this guy had seven wives and lived to be a hundred and or 743 years old. <laughs> so, and- so you're telling me it has to be more of a story rather than a Bible? I mean, on that note, I mean, no, no. <laughs> No, I, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> yeah. Like when we had our flat earth discussion, there are people who believe that you take the Bible word for word. And I'm not saying those people are crazy, but I'm not saying they're not. And then there are those who see it. They're stubborn. Stubborn is a beautiful word for it. They're not crazy. They're stubborn. But um, yeah, no, it, it just depends on your view of it. And nothing is concrete in this world. And it everybody has no two people have the exact same views on something so i think it's fascinating i think it's fun to look at it and see what actually could have happened from the bible and what is not possible and what's been twisted and what hasn't and i think it's really interesting to talk about and discuss so and if you have any questions about this, uh, I don't use social media where people can actually talk to me. So uh, you can message Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pass on the message. Uh-huh. Yeah, t- Tiffany will get very passive aggressive messages going, you sent these people to me. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. No, I have a Answer Twitter. Them. I don't use it. The Instagram, I hardly ever check. I just post pictures to Facebook from it. And my personal Facebook page, uh, I don't give people access to. They tell me when I need to look at something. It's so great. So Rebecca will pass on the messages and let Tiffany's people go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and on that <laughs> I'm getting the eyeballs. I guess it's time for the outro. On that note, <laughs> remember, friends, everyone has something that they would we find this odd i do yeah. <laughs> everyone has something that they find odd let us tell you about it why <laughs> not <laughs> to some people if you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss you can share them with us on any of our social medias we are aware of the rest of the bible you don't have to send those to us just fyi <laughs> links can be found through our website at theladiesestrange.com or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com Remember, I've read the whole thing. I've, I've, I've checked box, that box. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the ladies of strange. Keep it strange, my lovelies. Goodbye. Bye. And peace be with you. And also with you. Thank you. Thank you.